the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And by now you know you're listening to the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions. I can't tell you how thrilled we are to be here. Um, all you have to do is call us. three four. Let me start with the area code. 210-340-9585 is the way to call. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call us toll free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email your questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Um, or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. It's all you have to do, and we would be happy to take the questions. Now, today, of course, because it's Thursday, you know it's the date, the edition of the program. That means I have Paul alive in the studio with me. So, ladies, it's not exclusively for you, but especially for you. So if you have any questions or calls or need encouragement of any kind, we will let Paula do that for you. Paula, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. It's a it's a pleasure again to be here. Let me see. I'm trying to get my microphone closer to my mouth so you can hear me. But yeah, it's it's a great day. I've been having a good time with my boyfriend, Pastor Ron. So. <laughs> <laughs> we we had quite a night. I need to explain uh, to the audience yeah. last night <laughs> uh, here at Calvary Chapel. Uh, I was sitting in my office. It was about. Oh, we hadn't signed off the, the, the radio show at 5 o'clock too long, so I'm going to guess it was 5.20 or 5.30 around that time. I was just getting ready. I, I always go over to the gym and get ready for the Wednesday night and Friday night services. And by the way, I told everybody to, to, to live stream the, the Bible study last night because it was going to be so wonderfully encouraging. Well, now you have to wait until next Wednesday night to be encouraged because uh, sometime around 5.30, we heard this big crash. Uh, it's just when the storm started, and um, uh, everything went dark. Um, the next thing I knew, the fire department was here and CPS was here. What happened was the wind took a power pole and blew it down, Two. and then and then it pulled another oh, yeah. power pole mm-hmm. right on top of our roof. Mm-hmm. So uh, fortunately, not on this side of the building, but in the back of the building on the other side, we got a big hole in the roof. Yeah. And I just thought, we've never canceled church on a Wednesday night. And, you know, I'm so looking forward to the study. So if you tuned in to live stream the Bible study, it will be next Wednesday instead. Um, Fire Marshal came in and said, you are not having church here tonight. There's live wires back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just had to... Transformer oil is leaking into yeah, your property. Yeah, and so we just had to vacate the place. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they got the power back on around noon. We had to cancel school today. Mm-hmm. 
so we get the power restored. Um, so if you would mind praying for us, you know, when these things happen, though it's not your fault, it always ends up costing a little bit of money, and money is something that we don't have a little bit. Well, we have a little we bit. We got a little bit. A yeah. very little you bit. Got, I got 75 cents. Um, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, keep us in your prayers. We'd appreciate it. Um, those are just the weird things that you see on news, uh, television news. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that stuff never happens to us. I know. It, uh, for a minute, I think somebody was saying that over 1,100 people were affected. That no, the there are 1,100 businesses. Businesses. That's what the, the fire department told us. Oh, they're, my they're, goodness. They're out. It went for blocks and blocks and blocks. Now, later, they got the other side of the shopping center here uh, back on. Mm-hmm. But we were we were out, and, and on this side, there were no power until and the paint store across the street. There was no power until oh, today. Wow. So CPS, God bless them. They worked all night here yeah. to get it done. But... It was just one of those things that you never expect to happen. So I think what I'm going to do from now on, Paul, is say, um, <laughs> live stream, it's a very encouraging study, Lord willing. <laughs> <laughs> because that, that, just, that just didn't happen. Yeah, my, my, my staff here is trying to convince me to keep the skylight Oh yeah. Uh, because they like the look. But mm-hmm. I just keep thinking, if it starts raining sometime soon, we're going to be in really, really trouble oh, yeah. over there. Yeah, because so. CPS did great to get the electricity and the pole back on. You know, the poles were up and everything were safe once again. But if it rains, uh-huh. hello. <laughs> Put an umbrella up there. Oh, well. <laughs> well, we would love your live phone calls and questions or anything. So, Paula, I know you want to talk about Joy of Jesus and some other stuff. I've got one question that came in specifically for you that we will talk about uh, maybe in the second half of the program. So mm-hmm. um, you haven't had a chance to talk about Joy of Jesus. Yeah, it was um, an amazing thing, you know, with having uh, Jocelyn and Michi do a concert for the last couple of years. Um, the worship teams, and I think we have about five of them, um, and they all would perform at Joy of Jesus. Well, uh, we're not doing that. But at, I'm not, that's not a complaint. That's a, the Lord is stretching all of us, matter of fact, and we get to use our other gifts um, as we, you know, because sometimes we can kind of hide behind the microphone. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do kind of thing. And um, there was one year out of all of these years where uh, it rained and the worship team couldn't um, do what we normally do. At that time, we only had one worship team. Um, and so we had to talk to people, you know. <laughs> and so these last two years, not being uh, performing singing, um, we're, we're talking to people. We're serving people. We're 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 uh, using our hands and our mouth in other other areas, and it's been a neat thing to see. And then to watch, <clears throat> you know, our girls, girls because they're younger than us, mm-hmm. Jocelyn and Michi, just kind of grow up into this because neither one of them want to. Um, what am I trying to say? Perform. Bring attention to Yeah. They, neither one of them do. Um, and yet, it's all Jesus songs, you know. And um, even even with watching Jocelyn sing one of her older songs, she didn't even sing the whole thing. She just kind of used it as a game uh, for people who might know who she is or was. And um, to watch her as we've all, the whole church, for the most part, has been praying that the Lord would use, you know, Jocelyn and Michi, who are kind of known to bring people to come and hear and to see some of the people, as Jocelyn is saying, singing one line and then the the audience is singing the rest of the line was really kind of fun. It was more participatory instead of just watching her and then um, to hear her sing love songs to Jesus, you know. Anyway, it's just been a blessing to be a part of the the watching and listening audience. Um, instead of being the ones who are singing, it's been kind of been kind of fun, actually, and and being used in other venues. I know you you had one experience that you want to talk about, especially mm-hmm. uh, with a, a woman named Joni. I yep. think. Yep, Joni. I'm looking at her picture on my phone right now. And Joni, um, she's she said she was from so, uh, the not Southern but Northern California in the Bay Area. And then she went to Dallas, and now she's in San Antonio. Um, 
One of our lost, hurting, broken. You kept saying broken, broken, mm. broken. That she's broken, and yet I, I couldn't put her picture up on the screen here at church because she has a button on her, her, her clothing, just one, and it's not very appropriate at all. And so um, she's she's rough. Uh, and yet, you could tell she's hurting, and probably her roughness is um, a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. And um, just, you know, she was in line to get a little makeup on, and she had a hat on when, when, when she was in line. And so, I don't know, I just was standing there, and I was like, I want to take your picture of before and after, like I normally do. And um, so, uh, I took her picture, and she happened to take her hat off. And she didn't have much hair. And it wasn't because of the cancer that she was. There's just sometimes when she just gets really mad and angry, and she just cut her hair off. And you could tell she had done it. And so the other line that I, she was in the line for makeup, the other line I said, well, after you finish here, you need to go and get <laughs> You know, just trying to talk to her. You had said the night before, um, in the Acts 26 study that joy of Jesus is about the mercy, the compassion of Jesus on display for the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the broken, the broken. And there I was with this broken, uh, confused, after I'm talking to her, the confused and the lost. And um, just, you know, trying to be be nice and polite like you were saying even though she wasn't very polite and there was at times when she wasn't very nice um, because she was giving the people in front of her in line as well as the people behind her in line a pretty hard way to go. Yeah, I understand she was wanting to cut the line. Yeah, she's wanting yeah. to get in front of everybody because after all it is her. <laughs> and so I'm standing there, and the Lord wouldn't let me leave, you know, because I want to go and talk to everybody. And um, so I said, but you're in line. You know, there's order here. And so if you want to have a service done, then you have to wait your turn. Well, these other people, they've been coming out here for years, and they need to give other people a chance. I was like, you don't know that. I don't know these people. I've not seen them before. And even if that was the case, that's still not right. You're in line. And um, she, she, she tried to get a little... You always have been a rule follower. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little legalistic, aren't I? And so she just, you know, it was kind of one of those things that the people who are doing the ministry are looking at me like, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and the people in front of of her in line she, she was just kind of like trying to be as nice as she could you know I, I, I won't take very much time and that wasn't up to her it's up to the people doing the work on her um, but this one was talking like she wanted everybody to get out of the way just for her so anyway she took she takes her hat off and I'm looking at her hair and I told you we go we need to go to the haircut line where she got really kind of irritated not at my comment but as on the way she said I'm just gonna go get my hair cut now I said if you will take a minute look over there the line is way longer in the haircut line than it is in the makeup line so again you get to choose. What do you want to do? I'll go with you. What do you want to do? <sighs> you know, kind of thing. She gets a little upset. Anyway, I'm looking at her picture because she's got one, like a three or four inch diameter of pink, one circle of pink <laughs> hair on her head. And I was like, well, what's that about? She says, I just wanted to do it. She just, she's just mad, you know. And I said, well, I dye my hair too. And we were talking, and all of a sudden I said, you know what? Jesus really does love you. And he's sorry for all the things that have happened in your life that have formed you to be this angry. You know? Um, you've moved around a lot. You're out here on the streets. And he wants you to know that a lot of this stuff wasn't, it's not from him. I don't know how much of this is self-inflicted wounds, you know, but the, anything that happened to you that was hurtful in your past, it wasn't him. And he wants to tell you that he loves you and he wants to give you a new start. <clears throat> she said, no, 
just like that. No. I was like, what do you mean? I don't think he loves me at all. Mm. I was like, well, you're wrong. And I, he sent me to tell you um, that he does. And he, he knows all about all the things you've done. She says, then he really couldn't love me. And so I told her the story about the, the two thieves on the cross next to Jesus, you know. And she listened. She was really listening. And um, I said, you know what? You could be that, that thief on the cross who said, man, he was innocent, but I'm guilty. She says, all the things that I've done, I said, yeah. He is one who has forgiven all your sins, past, present, and future. But you've got to accept his forgiveness. Do you want to do that? She didn't say anything. And I said, well, you know what? I used to be a pretty angry black woman, too. That made her crack up. She cracked up at that. She goes, that's who I am. That's who I am. And I said, well, you don't have to be. You can choose. He, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. And then you, you feel it when it's coming, right? She goes, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like if, this, if this woman behind me brushes up against me one more time, you know, and that lady behind her apologized because she didn't hit her with her body. Her backpack brushed up against her. Well, the one I'm talking to is in a lot of physical pain. She's a cancer sufferer, and she had her one arm in a sling and just not a happy and, and pain-filled woman. And so she laughed at that. And then all of a sudden, she just stopped and looked at me because I would, I, I would say a couple of other things, and she says, how do you know that? I said, well, while I'm talking to you, I'm praying inside my head to asking the Lord to let him be the one who's really talking to you. And um, he wants to forgive you. He wants to, his arms are open wide, you know. He's asking you to marry him right now. Do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she said, She's just breathing now, you know, really hard. I said, do you want to say yes? She goes, how many times do you have to say yes to Jesus? Just like that. I go, only once if you meant it. She says, I've said yes to Jesus a lot of times. I said, well, he's not like rubbing a genie's lamp. You know, when you say yes to Jesus, you have to say no to you in your sinful life. He's not going to just make everything, you know, go away and everything's easy and fun. No, you're still going to have maybe a tough life, but you will know that he's with you. <laughs> and a after that, she didn't stay in the line. She was next. She only had one more person to wait, and she was next, and she didn't want to wait. So I don't know. But that was kind of, you know, it's one of those things where she looked at me. As before she left, she looked at me, and she says, I will never forget you and your words. And that was into that conversation. It's an opportunity for our audience to pray for Joni. Mm -hmm. But but you know the, the the thing with broken that God put in my heart um, when we were out there at the park Saturday, Paula. The the sheer quantity of broken people. I may have mentioned this on the program on Monday. You did, but, but that's but okay. Just the sheer quantity of broken people, and all I could think of was Jesus. How do you do this? Yeah. I mean, we're in one city just in one park and, and the, the, the amount of pain mm -hmm. is overwhelming to us and yet you've got all of the pain in the whole world and, and, and all the pain that's ever been mm -hmm. in the world. How do you do it? And um, there's really no way we can understand. I guess when Paul says, it talks about the height and width and depth and breadth of God's love. Um, we, we can't possibly understand that. You mm -hmm. saw so many people out there mm -hmm. who were broken, and, and for some of them, even for the four hours they were there, and the people that came to the park, they stayed there the whole time. Mm -hmm. There was people to talk to. There was food and clothing and care, medical care and massages and other stuff. Yeah. But but it was it was like they, they had a half-a-day vacation. And knowing that they're returning to the pain of their life is is really overwhelming to yeah, me. Yeah. I, I've, I've thought several times, babe, about just getting in my car and driving down there to see if I can find Joni. 340-9585, if you have anything on your heart or any questions or you need any encouragement, 340-9585. 
Uh, Paula, what else on your heart today? Um, well, I was looking at a couple of scriptures, and this one in particular just uh, uh, took, took me to this one. It's in Philippians 2, 14. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. And 15 says, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And that's uh, the New Living Translation. Well, last night we were watching this one show, a hospital show, and a dad and a son were, were brought in, and they had had a car accident, and they were... You know, it wasn't critical as far as we could tell at the beginning, just maybe a broken, uh, just a broken ankle, you know, or something. But just the dad was calling the son an idiot, you know, you're an idiot for making a left turn. And the son was saying, Dad, we, you were, we were supposed to make a right turn and we're arguing about, and, and, and so we weren't paying attention and they were just arguing, arguing, arguing. And then um, they, they both started having seizures in the hospital on the floor after they're, you know, they're on their way to a room, I guess, and they're having seizures. Both of them is like, this is bizarre. And so they put them in, um, con what is it? Isolation. Isolation, yeah. I was thinking confinement, but isolation. And um, now they're, it's really serious, and the doctors don't know what to do for them. And the dad's looking at his son and, and talking to the doctor and saying, you know what? All I've been doing ever since um, my wife, his mother, died. You know, we take a yearly trip, and he says, "I've been all I've wanted to do is go to Hawaii." And my son says, "But Dad, I want to take us on greater adventures." You know, everybody just goes to Hawaii, and so he says, "The dad does. All I do is complain, complain, complain." And my son complains that I complain, and now both of them are on their dead deathbed. And there's great regrets. And so this doing everything without complaining and arguing, you know, um, it's kind of like the Lord saying, you know, live grateful and thankful for every day at peace with one another so that you have no regrets. Yeah. You know, Paula, one of the um, prevailing sins uh, in the church um, among individual believers is our lack of gratitude. And we, like unbelievers, we complain about things. We grumble under our breath. Sometimes we grumble out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and, and our witness is so compromised when that happens. Our, our witness, uh, no, who, who wants to be around a grumbling Christian? And what I would do for our listeners, however many of you there are out there today, um, but, but, uh, and I'm going to challenge my church to do this very same thing. Um, Take an honest look into what your life looks like through the eyes of other people, especially people that don't know you. Mm -hmm. You know, we get to know you, we love you, you know, we're, we, we, we sort of tolerate things differently. But, but when people who don't know you and they hear you complaining, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it, it's about school or, or who knows what it is. But... Um, when we are found to be grumblers, um, nobody wants to listen to us about Jesus. And, and, and yeah, we're saved. We don't get disqualified from heaven for complaining. But, but we complain about our spouses, the ones we chose. We complain about our children. <laughs> we complain about our bosses. Uh, over and over, people pass around pray for a job. And when they get the job, two months later, they're grumbling about it because it's not a good job. It's not, not what they wanted. And we who are believers, we really need to be those men and women who just don't have those kind of sentiments coming from our lips. Now, you can fight with them under your breath. That's one thing. Uh, you can know your struggles, but the idea is, is to, to keep them away from others so that when you talk about your Jesus, they'll have ears to hear. And unfortunately, when we are found to be complaining or grumbling about things, um, some people say, well, I'm just being real. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're being ungrateful. And we've got to learn to really thank the Lord for what he's given us instead of focusing on what we don't have or circumstances that we're uncomfortable with. We focus instead on the everyday, literally every hour blessing 
that is available to us in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, um, and I can be, I have been guilty, you know, when, when people ask you, they'll say, you know, so how are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, I don't have to lie and say I'm doing great, but then they'll say, um, it's kind of like they want you to say something negative. I'm doing fine. Thank you so much. You know, but we're so ready um, to go to the negative side. It's like that's what they really want to hear, and we're giving them what they really want to hear. Um, instead of, like you're saying, you know, it, the Lord says for us to rejoice at all times. There is something that we can rejoice about at all times. We can, and in fact, uh, you know, we're praying for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused. But there's a lot more well, you know, that we can focus on instead of, like you're saying, what's not. But we have so much to be grateful for. Yeah, you know, I've, and we're inside a minute, so um, well, I'll carry this on on the other side of the break. But, but there's just so much that if we take personal inventory that God's done, that we can always find something to rejoice about. Yeah, I want to look, we can look at verse 13. Okay. Yeah. We'd love to have your live calls and questions, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Lord willing, I'll be back on the other side of the break. See you in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our show it's the date day edition paula is in studio with me 340-9585 paula i'm glad you brought this subject up because um it's something that has has defined my life in christ um, and, and I almost personally, I'm talking very personally here, I almost stumbled um, when I started getting sick. Um, um, you know, when you mention somebody says, how are you? Like they're really wanting some, some bad news. Um, I've never forgotten from the very first day I met Jesus. I've never forgotten um, two things. One, how unlikely it is that I'd be in heaven. And, and that just generates such gratitude mm -hmm. from my heart. And it was easy for me because I was close to him every day. And, and I was so grateful. And, and I felt like a man who'd been rescued. Okay. You know, you know, I think about a POW and it looks like he's never going to see his family again. And mm -hmm. suddenly here come the Navy SEALs or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, well I've, I felt like that. And Jesus came and rescued me. And I was so grateful so, so, for so long um, when people would say, how are you doing? I, well, what do you mean, how am I doing? I'm with Jesus. How, how else can I be doing? And it wasn't me faking it. It doesn't mean that everything um, that happened was good. It doesn't mean that I didn't go through difficult things. It just was that the presence of Jesus was overwhelming uh, in the middle of even the worst possible things. Well, uh, um, probably 18 months ago now when I started getting sick, and things were happening that we didn't understand. Um, then you go through the first surgery, and then you, you come through a second surgery, and you're dealing with pain, you're dealing with un uncertainty. There's always more questions than answers. And I remember somebody coming up to me one day and saying, how are you doing? And my, my response just almost reflects was, oh, man, I'm still in a lot of pain, but I'm trying. And the Lord spoke to my heart so clearly. He says, we don't care how you feel. Tell them how you're doing. And, um, you know, that takes a lot of practice. Because our instinct is just to respond according to how we feel or what people want to hear. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the problem that I had was, I thought, well, Lord, I, I don't want to misrepresent you. Have I been doing this? You know, am I, when I go home, am I grumbling and complaining to you because of this? And you're already nervous because you don't know what's going on either. The point here is we don't have to fake it. It's okay to be honest. But you've got to really nurture the gratitude 
treasure it as a gift from God. That's why why Paul could write Philippians, the 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 the, the letter about rejoicing from a prison cell. Uh, rejoice always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Mm-hmm. And when we can understand that. Um, then we're in a place where Jesus can work in us and through us. And I, I've thought about this, and then I'll, I'll let you go on with your next thought, but I thought, you know, what if I didn't survive those surgeries or the heart condition? I mean, just had God not been in control, uh, I'd have been on a street while I was running or walking, and I'd have died. Sudden cardiac death, they said. And... Um, if I hadn't survived that time of struggle, how would I have explained to Jesus that the last year or six months or year and a half, who knows, that the last times in my life were spent complaining or focusing on my health instead of focusing on his presence? And, you know, there was a, a day where I had a real difficult, heart-to-heart with the Lord, just, I'm so sorry, Lord. And I've, I've, I've asked him to help me answer when people say something. You know, when you get to be older, you don't always feel good. Mm-hmm. But when You know, say, I heard some of those answers, you know, uh, when you get old, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when, when, when people ask, I, I, I just now said, you know what, I'm really doing well. And I want them to know that, that, that just because we're in a stage of life where outwardly we're wasting away, mm-hmm. um, uh, we have to remember that inwardly we, we're being renewed in the image of, of our Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to be aware, moms and dads, you need to know the Jesus you're teaching your children about through your actions, not your words. You know, if you tell them to trust God, they've got to see you trust God. If they tell you to, 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 to focus on the presence of Jesus, they've got to be able to see that that works for you. And it can't be something that we talk about and yet don't practice just because things get hard for us. Yeah. You know, you said God is working in us. Well, that's what verse 13 says in the Philippians 2.13. says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, Lord, help me to rightly represent you. Lord, help me to stay close to you till the very end. Lord, help me to um, love you more each day. Well, God says, okay, I'm taking that seriously. He's the one working in you. He's the one that said, uh, Pastor Ron, uh, you don't need to be telling them how you feel. He's the one who said, tell them how you're doing. Mm-hmm what you're doing. I'm getting up every day, and when I take my heart medicine, I'm praying, Lord, thank you for leaving me here. Now use this medicine to heal me and make me stronger so I can love my wife the way Christ loves the church. <laughs> that, that, that's my part. He didn't say all that, but that was, that's my addition. Uh, but he, he's working in you to give you, give me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And, and that takes practice to remember that. Yeah, and, and you know, something that we have to remember in the middle of, of, of those difficult times when we're, when we're suffering physically is um, I'm really doing well. I, I want everybody to understand I'm really, really doing well now. And I feel more normal than I felt since this whole thing began. And I've always enjoyed great health. And it would be so hypocritical of me uh, after, um, I'm 67, after 65 years of really good health, no surgeries, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, we're able to exercise vigorously and, and lots of energy to work and to live. Uh, after, after all of that, I get sick. And all of a sudden, well, why are you doing this to me, Lord? Mm-hmm. And even if I don't say that, and I, I'm not going to say that because I know better. But if I live like that, then then where's the faith in that? And the truth is, lots of people get sick. We've got people in our church that we love so, so desperately who are hurting so deeply. And, and I can comfort them. Uh, I can pray for them. And my heart breaks for them. You know, I'm still privileged to walk with Jesus every single day, no matter what. And one of the things that the people in our body 
who are able to do, who are chronically ill, and some of them even terminally ill. They've got a lot of time to pray, and they, they, they use that. Mm -hmm. So our focus needs to be on Him, on our calling, on His goodness, and not only on how we're doing or how we feel. And it's something that we, if we don't learn, it is going to destroy our witness. You were talking about the, the Hebrews in the, in the Exodus wilderness. Um, you know, uh, they grumbled for 40 years. And they complained for 40 years. And they died in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. They were attacked by snakes. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, they never noticed that their shoes didn't wear out. They never noticed that they didn't get sick like all of the other people mm -hmm. in Egypt and the other places that they were going through. Mm -hmm. um, they, they had very short memories when they got hungry that, wait a minute, every morning there's food. Mm -hmm. And when I get thirsty, there's a water source, a rock, yeah. that, that had to be the most delicious water in the history of the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And and see, they, they get so focused on their pain or their fear or what they don't have that they lose sight completely of what they do have. Yeah. And we are guilty living as Christians in the richest nation on this earth, a nation where we are more free to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ than any other people on the planet, a nation where... When we come to church, we're not hiding from the authorities. We can openly practice. Now it's getting to the place where people are going to mock you and make it difficult. But, but hey, we're, our lives aren't in danger for mm -hmm. the most part. Mm -mm. And we, we're taking all of that for granted. Yeah. You know, uh, just as a small example, years ago before Mexico got so bad, the kids here at Calvary Chapel Christian Academy, before they graduated, there was a mission trip down to, you know, um, to Mexico, Reynosa, yeah, to help the church there. And um, those, our kids here from the United States would take used soccer balls, you know. Um, they would go over there and, and see the hospitality that the Mexican people would demonstrate to them. They have very little, and yet they would give their all while and watch these Americans eat and be um, waited upon. And then if there was anything left, then they would eat. Um, that these kids, when they would see these used soccer balls, it was like the best Christmas ever. Anyway, our kids coming back here would then be more grateful because they were humble. Um, yeah, they started taking new soccer balls next time. <laughs> they started taking new soccer balls. They started, um, they started eating way less, and making and then serving the the their family host families. So anyway, um, that's what we need to do. God has given us so very much. In fact, I was at worship practice on Tuesday. You know, we're talking about all that the Lord did, and I said, you know, the gifts He has given us, and not singing. Um, I, 66 years old, and I still was able to dance with the kids. Thank you, Jesus. And so, you know, a time is going to come where I'm not going to be able to. And like you're saying, the worst thing I could do would say, oh, man, I remember when. I wish I would. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, thank you, Lord, that I was able to as long as I could. And just be like watching Jocelyn and Michi singing, be just cheering for those who are now, you know, who are able to continue. But Don't worry, baby. When we have our nursing home ministry, uh -huh. the dances will be slower. The dances will be slower. Give me some pom-poms because I'm still the cheerleader, right? Yeah. But, yeah. But the Lord is the one who's working in us. And isn't it a cool thing, going back to Joy of Jesus, just uh, talking in particular with the worship team people who were able to do other things, we know that's God working in us. We don't just have to sing or play a, play a guitar or something. We get to really talk to people. We get to hear from God what he wants to say to other people. We get to pray for the people. God could, we're not limited 
um, to just have to to yeah. get to see. And, and not just to worship people, but the whole church. And I, I, oh I told our church this on on the, the following Sunday. Um, I, I just said, I, I, I'm humbled by your service. I'm humbled by your energy. I'm humbled by your faithfulness. Um, I'm the only one that doesn't have a job at Joy of Jesus. <laughs> Everybody else has something to do. I just get to meet people and talk to people and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I get to go visit while they're making up faces or cutting hair or giving massages or treating them in the medical clinic. Um, and and uh, just to see the faithfulness of the people, um, I hate to sound paternalistic, but it, it, I'm just like the proudest dad in the whole world watching kids. I, I'm I'm thinking about the shirts that we're wearing today, and and you know we have so much to be grateful for. We Paul and I have shirts that were sent to us from uh, one of our seniors who graduated last year, and is now playing basketball at Central Christian in Kansas. And um, you know when when he asked, do you do you guys want a shirt? I said yeah. And, and when when Kenyatta, his mom said, uh, do you want his name and number on the back? I said yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got our Keyshawn Jones shirts on today yeah. with his number. <laughs> and he played his first game. You know we we get to in, be, be involved in people's lives at a level that we never could have imagined possible. And f- you have to be grateful for that. And then our gratitude has to show. Yeah, yeah. Today, when we were at breakfast, you know, I just, I, I said something to one of the waitresses. She wasn't even our waitress, you know. Um, she was pregnant, and she's really, you know, been taking care of herself. And so I just said, boy, you look really, really nice. She goes, you know what? You guys are just so sweet. And she said that before. And, and so many people at the restaurant that... They call you Papa and me Mama. And and just like here at the church, we didn't ask that. But it's because God is working in us. And as we look at other people, we're still looking for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, and the confused. And many of those people um, have asked us to pray that we know some of their life stories. Um, And we want to be like that everywhere we go, just looking for those opportunities um, to be God's eyes, his heart, his hands, his voice. I mean, you got up and went to a table because there was a a city park police there. And he, he wasn't at the joy of Jesus, but just you getting up and wanting to talk to him, that is a different man right there that I'm watching. Mm -hmm. You just are, you want everybody saved. Mm -hmm. Every place is an opportunity to preach a message, even if you don't use your mouth. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We've still got a little bit of time to take some questions. Or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Paul, let me change up uh, subject. I got a question from Fran here okay. that was for you that we uh, actually received yesterday, and she says, with a, I think a hint of frustration, mm-hmm. uh, "What does a submissive wife look like practically? Mm-hmm. Would I be expected to do everything my husband says?" <laughs> As unto the Lord. But I know your frustration. Okay, so, Fran, don't tell Pastor Ron this, but there have been so many times when I have said to him in in past days, maybe not so past, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, can you give me this? Can you give me that? Can you give me this? Your arm is not broke. You can make it to the kitchen. Kind of an attitude, and yet... um, you know, I pray, Lord, thank you for this wonderful man that you've given me. And, Lord, I want to be a servant. We're going to get to Luke 17 here at our church in the not-too-distant future, friend. So I, I need to get this down. But a submissive wife um, practically looks like one who is in the business of dying to self, um, saying, Lord, I'm... I'm either a slave to sin or I'm a slave to righteousness. Um, Lord, it's not necessarily my husband that I'm serving, but it's you I'm serving. And as long as he's not asking you to do anything that um, uh, contradicts Scripture, um, you know, just be willing. Uh, it's it's a willingness. And you, I, friend, this is embarrassing, but one time uh, Ron had asked me to do something. And I have a full plate, and he has a 
church staff who could help him out in all of his stuff. And so, but this was home stuff. He needed me to do three things. And I was, this scripture, do everything without complaining and grumbling and arguing. Well, I was not maybe to him outwardly, but the Lord really heard me. And so the three things Ron had asked me to do, on top of my own list, thank you very much, that's my attitude I had, um, took me a whole, all myself and his three, took me a whole 45 minutes in a 24-hour day. The Lord <laughs> says, really? Was it that hard? And so, friend, um, a submissive wife in First Peter 3 is a, has a gentle and quiet spirit um, where you are sitting down um, and, and a, being a willing servant instead of standing up with your hands on your hip saying, really, why does it have to be me? Um, you know, uh, when Ron was going in for that heart surgery, all of this really came to forefront where the Lord could have easily said, well, today's a day that he could just go home and be with me, and I would have been the one living with regrets. I don't want that to be you, friend. Okay, so would I be expected to do everything my husband says? No. You're not expected to do everything your husband says. If he says for you to lie um, for him, you cannot do it. If he wants you to um, be involved in any kind of activity that is uh, not of the Lord, and um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't illegal to, or immoral. Yeah, illegal or immoral. Okay, um, you have to say no. Um, even if he says, I don't want you to go to church, and you're a Christian, you can say, you know what, honey, um, I, I can submit to you, but there's some things where God is first. And so as a Christian, I will be going to church. I'll try to find one that doesn't interfere with your schedule, um, but I really do need to go to church, and so I'm just going to pray. Um, let me see. Before you okay, leave that ahead. one, go ahead. Uh, Paul is speaking from from our own life. Uh, th- this isn't just something theory, and she's she's preaching um, something that she doesn't practice. Uh, I told her um, that we weren't going to church if she wanted to spend any time with me. This is before I was saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she wants to spend any time with me, she's going to have to learn to play golf, and she did that. And I have had two holes in ones, and he has not had any. That's how much <laughs> Jesus loves me. Okay. But um, um, you threw me off there. I know. You just upset. Yeah, You're jealous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I told her there wouldn't be any Bible in our house. I didn't want her cramming it down our kids' throats. Um, and, and what she did was she went to church. She found a church that met on Friday nights. So she would be a part of a body. Um, uh, if she had money that she earned and wanted to give, then then she did that. So it was just one of those things where uh, she did what she could uh, in order to win me to Christ. Now, in a, in a Christian home where a husband and a wife are both saved, um, uh, you know, you're to submit to one another as well. But uh, the, the leadership role in the home goes to the husband. That's the way God ordained it. doesn't mean the husband is smarter, more spiritual, or holier. It just means that this is the way that order is kept. And um, I'm real hard, friend, on men. Uh, if, if a man ever has to say, woman, submit to me, he doesn't understand the first thing about loving his wife the way Christ loved the church. But it's a matter, as Paula said, of dying daily. Now, Paula, we've only got about three minutes left. But, but, but share with, with the audience, uh, when you taught this and you asked me if it was okay to tell them that Oh, you didn't. The, yeah, is it okay not to like submitting? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we do a lot of marriage conferences and... Um, this question always comes up, this submissive wife thing. And, and so I looked at Ron one time and I said, babe, can I tell him? He said, what? I said, the submission thing? Nobody likes to do that. And so, yeah. I, and I usually will ask, how many of you wives love submitting to your husbands? And every once in a while, one person will put their hands up and this is what I say, liar. You lie. <laughs> and she usually puts her hand down right away. We, we submit to our husbands as unto the Lord because it's him we're pleasing. But there's a whole lot of times when it's like, 
man, I don't want to do this. I'm just doing it for Jesus, you know, but because I love you, Lord. But, but yeah. see, just doing it for Jesus is the answer. Yeah. Acts 5.32, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey. And in the obedience, friend, you will feel the smile of God. And at the in your obedience, he's ministering to your husband's heart, whether you realize it or not. So, yeah. Nope, you don't have to do the bad stuff, but the good stuff, just, yeah. Doesn't mean you'll always agree with your husband? Oh, yeah, no. Um, but it does mean that the husband and wife can submit to one another because they agree to agree with Jesus mm -hmm. and do those things. I think that's probably the, the, the best way to explain it. And let me add one more thing. Okay. You know, sometimes when we, the wife, think we know better and we want to argue and win our our point, um, we need to just say what we have to say one time because God will hold, as Ron said earlier, God will hold our husband responsible. Um, had Adam, the first Adam, said to Eve, no, babe, this is what God said, this is what we're going to do, our world wouldn't be in the mess it's in. And so, wives, if you can, you say your your opinion, give your little two cents, but the buck stops with your husband. So whatever he decides, you can easily inside your head say, okay, Lord, I'm submitting to him, but don't argue it. Don't argue. Just submit. Keep your grumbling private. <laughs> and try not to grumble at all. <laughs> Paula, we're inside probably 30 seconds or so uh, before the music starts to close the program. Anything you want to share? Yeah. Before we go. Yeah. Today is November 1st. That's um, your your mom's birthday. Yeah. Um, she's been with Jesus since 1989. Yeah. But I still miss her. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mom. Would you say that, Jesus, to her? And, and, and Deja, let me say happy birthday to you as well. You God bless you, sweetheart. my mother's birthday, girl. and I love you deeply. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. If you're from Calvary Chapel, the church is fine. We're going to make it. We will be meeting tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Word of Santa for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.